Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. What's good, internet? I'm your host, Igor Bonifacic. Just kidding. I'm not a robot. But what is good, internet? You're listening to episode 139 of the Cerebcast. We're recording this week's episode on Thursday, September 21st. Uh, the Cerebcast is a podcast devoted to fostering a fun and intelligent discussion related to Canadian tech and telecom. I'm your host, Igor Bonifacic. This week, I'm joined by Mobile Syrup senior editor and Azoli's part-time switch reporter, Patrick O'Rourke. What's good, Igor? You're free of reviewing Apple product. That's what's good. I am. That, that is good. I'm, I'm quite happy to have a little bit of a break from reviews. Three reviews in three days. That was a lot. And you can read them all at mobilesyrup.com. And if you didn't know, on top of being dedicated to bringing amazing content to Mobile Syrup, Pat is always curious about where the best washroom is it's true. at an event. That's accurate. That, that's one of the things I do when I go to events. I make sure I stake out the washrooms first. <laughs> so if you got any like high-key or low-key information about good washrooms send them to pat can i open a podcast at mobile syrup a a bathroom review website i like it we also have mobile syrup senior reporter rose bahar rose how are you hello i am the british robot known as bixby oh how fantastic i just wanted to jump in there because i really enjoyed your intro that was great thank you (laughs) uh last but certainly not least we have our good friend, the very excitable Samir Chabra. Samir, how are you? I'm uh, I'm I'm quite well. Robo Igor, how are you? Good. I uh, Robo Igor murdered Ebor, so you know it's a cycle. <laughs> um, this week we're talking about uh, we're gonna briefly talk about all of Pat's Apple reviews. Then we're gonna jump into Pixel leaks because there were so many this week. Uh, and last but not least, we're gonna talk about something. We're gonna be frank about something. But very that, frank. Very frank. That's a good segue. I was impressed with that. That's, that's oh, thank nice. you. I've been working on those. I, I have no idea what we're going to be talking about. I don't know. This seems really subtle, guys. Yes. Uh, so, Pat, in one minute per or less per <clears> review, <throat> tell me what's new about all... <laughs> no, just kidding. Wait, which one Which one do you want me to talk about first? You know, the most exciting one is clearly the iPhone 8. So, tell me all about the iPhone 8. Um, okay. So, the iPhone 8 is the iPhone that anyone who wants a new iPhone this year will be able to buy since the X is going to be impossible to find. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a nice looking phone. It's not a significant upgrade over the seven in, mm-hmm. in any way. Uh, wireless charging is nice. Mm-hmm. Android fans will be like, oh, we've had this for years, but that doesn't matter to people who use iPhones. They're just happy that they finally have wireless charging. Mm-hmm. Um, the camera sensor has been slightly improved, mostly through software. It takes a little bit better photos than the seven. Um, mm-hmm. if, if you sit and you compare them side by side, but generally the camera is pretty, pretty much the same. Um, there are some cool new camera features. There's like some interesting lighting effects that I, I think I showed you. They, they were pretty cool. Yeah. Um, they kind of, I guess the most dramatic one is studio lighting. Studio lighting is pretty cool. It kind of removes the entire background of the subject when you're taking a, sh- a shot in portrait mode um, and, and gives it like this interesting silhouette look. Uh, so that that's probably the one marquee software upgrade. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but other than that, it's pretty much the same phone with a faster processor. Okay. Uh, so it's super iterative. Mm-hmm. And what about the uh, Apple Watch Series 3, where LTE sometimes works? Yeah, so the Series 3, um, I was actually pretty excited to use. I My, my review is generally positive um there's there's some caveats with how the lte works hmm. it's not what some people expected where it's a completely independent device it does actually kind of st- it's still tethered to the iphone in a way i guess hmm. um so if the phone is off you don't get any messages the only thing that you get are texts uh no if the phone's off you only get i messages and phone calls mm-hmm. so it's tethered to the iphone in the way that like you can have the phone wherever you want it doesn't need to be within Bluetooth range. It's still going over cellular, but the phone acts kind of as a as, as a conduit to, to the Apple Watch. It needs to be on. So when I was testing it, I would like leave the phone that I had hooked up to Bell's um, what's called number share number share plan number share. at home, and like I went shopping and I was running errands and stuff. Uh, so for two days, I literally was only connected to it uh, to the actual phone when I was home. Um, and there's one instance where cellular dropped when I was at the mall. I was trying to send a text to myself just to test it out. Um, and cellular dropped and I wasn't able to do it. So I, I know a lot of people, uh, other reviewers have had issues with connectivity. I didn't have them. Mm-hmm. Um, part of that might have been because I wasn't trying to connect to an unsecure Wi-Fi network. That seems to be what the the issue is when it's trying to, when there's an unsecure Wi-Fi network around, it connects to that and then it drops cellular. That's the issue that Apple's admitted and they're, they're trying to find a software fix for it. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any of those problems. Um, the watch looks exactly the same as the mm-hmm. other ones, which some people are disappointed about. Um, I was at first, and then I kind of grew to appreciate what Apple kind of did a little bit, um, just because they were able to pack cellular into the exact same form factors before. So in, in that sort of perspective, in that sense, it's a little more impressive. Right. It's not like the Gear S3, which no. is uh, it, like a monstrosity yeah. compared to the Gear this S2. This is still like yeah. a sleek device. It's slightly bigger. It's like mm-hmm. Apple described it as two sheets of paper. I tried measuring it, and I couldn't even like find the difference it's very very small it comes down to millimeters mm. um and in general it's way faster than the other apple watch I, I don't remember the specific performance increase but even the series two there's like bouts of lag that it would encounter um, when running apps and stuff and um, that didn't happen with this one because of the new processor so I, I my experience with it was pretty positive right and last but certainly not least the uh, 4k so the the 4k apple tv uh was a interesting device to review um just because 4K content is so hard to come by, let alone HDR content. Um, it's, it's in, in a way, uh, pretty much, it, it's fine. There's like, it's hard to talk about, right? Because there's, there's nothing really wrong with it. There's like the issue where it doesn't support Dolby Atmos for people who are super into the various uh, surround sound protocols, but an update's coming. Um, it's faster than the other one mm. so that it can handle HDR and 4K content. But the, the big issue is is that you need all this equipment for it to, to actually take advantage of it. You need a, a TV that supports 4K. If you want HDR, you need a TV that actually supports 4K with a wide color gamut. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so, on yeah. top of that, it's just more expensive than other set-top boxes. Yeah, it's more expensive than other set-top boxes. I would argue that it's probably more stable, um, mm-hmm. easier to use than other set-top boxes. The Apple ecosystem, um, like the app, ecosystem on the apple tv is a little lackluster mm-hmm. but i would argue that it's still better than the other ones out there um so in some sense you do get what you pay for but if you don't have a 4k tv or a 4k tv with hdr you, you don't need this right like the a10x processors in this which is the same processor that's in the 10.5 inch ipad i believe um 
and it, it's crazy powerful. It's crazy fast. I never ran into a single instance of slowdown. Um, but you don't really need that power. Um, like it, you need it for HD and 4K and that's it really. Like uh, I always contend that like the Apple TV could be a really interesting gaming device, but it's not. And at this point, I don't know if it ever will be. So that that's the only other thing that you would use this processing power for is gaming. And there's like that, there's the that game company game coming out, and there's a few other big titles that I'm sure Apple spent a lot of money to secure. Uh, but gaming's really fallen to the backseat in terms of the Apple TV. All right, cool. Um, I think that's if you want to read more about all those devices, check out Pat's review. They're do all it. on the front page, mobilesyrup.com. Please do it. Killed myself this week <laughs> writing all those. Yes. Um, three and- reviews, three days never done that before it was crazy yeah um and then obviously we'll have something on the 10 once that ever happens yeah (laughs) yeah. uh we should we should have something late october on it um because i know that was a lot of the comments on my eight review they were like cool i don't care about this i want to know about the 10 because i'm prepared to drop a thousand three (laughs) hundred dollars on a phone yeah um so yeah we'll have more on that so should we be frank first or should we talk about pixels oh my gosh i want to talk about both of them but i'd like to be frank okay so rose Tell us all about the Frank saga. You are, uh, you wrote all the stories in, in exploding great I, depth and also got quote tweeted by Android Police. It's true. I am perhaps the expert in the Frank phone at this mm-hmm. point. Um, I was reached out to, I guess, a month or a couple of months ago, months or so ago, mm-hmm. um, about the Frank phone by these young entrepreneurs in Ottawa, one of whom is a 17-year-old uh, boy named, well, boy man, um, named Mo Omer. And his business partner, um, uh, Fad Al-Hattab, who is 23, also young. And uh, they There's have, not a dude named Frank on their team? There's no dude named Frank. <laughs> what? You mean the guy from the ads isn't involved in the production He's of the not, There's if For those who don't know, there's kind of a Jack Black-esque type guy in their ads, which the marketing, I think, is what... Um, made a stir for the Frank phone. It was very edgy. There was a lot of swearing in it. And um, Sarah Al-Hattab was, I guess, I I believe related to Fad, um, was behind most of the marketing. And I think it really pushed it uh, to a level of prominence. But basically all it is, is that they found a white label phone um, from a manufacturer on Alibaba. And they were going to, uh, you know, sort of select the features they wanted in it and rebrand it and sell it in Canada. They were relatively honest about that. Um, However, they didn't really give me the details of who the manufacturer was, which was a little bit frustrating. Mm -hmm. I eventually had to find that out. But um, they were fairly, they were honest about the fact that they, they were cutting out the middleman in order to make a less expensive phone. And their whole thing was, we're not like those effing other big guys out there who are going to um, effing, you know. Lots of F-bombs. <laughs> right, like um, mess, get money from you for, for no good reason. We're going to just give you a basically a mid-range phone for a decent price, which was originally $129. It ended up being around $280 uh, Canadian. Put it on Indiegogo uh, and all was going well. They actually had sold around quite a lot. I think they even made it to about $50,000 worth of um, pre-orders. And then um, after some backlash, uh, predominantely from um, a article done by Android Police, uh, which was kind of accusing them of 
claiming to have really designed the phone, uh, which is somewhat fair. They did sort of say, oh, Mo Omer is the creator. He designed, they showed pictures of the phone's design, even though mm-hmm. really all they had done was select features um, from an Alibaba company. Uh, they, after that backlash, the Indiegogo campaign was suspended. And following that, they came up with a statement that said, we know we we sort of made mistakes in how we presented ourselves, but the Frank phone is not, in fact, dead, and we will find another way to do it. Um, Kickstarter? So that, I mean, they, they claim that they were not denied by Kickstarter. They say that Indiegogo just lured them over. So I believe that. We'll have to, yeah, I mean, um, it's possible. They definitely had a lot of momentum. So we'll have to see how this goes in the future, but there's a lot of discussion between these two different segments of people. Some say that they're liars and that they're cheaters and that they kind of got what they deserved. And some are saying, well, these were just sort of enterprising young guys who were trying to do something that was relatively harmless. I would love to know where everybody falls. Yeah, I think that's the great place to start. Where does um, one by one, where does every, where do you fall on it? I mean, I think they probably could have presented it in a way that explained their story a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first saw it, I didn't understand, like I, I did not have the impression that this was a phone that an 18 year old was creating on his own. Right. And it was a completely original design. I assumed that it was um, like a reference design from a Chinese manufacturer that they were putting this branding on and repurposing and installing custom firmware on. Um, that that was my idea, but that's because we cover this industry. Like we get mm-hmm. it. So I can see why some uh, people might have felt a little misled by it. Um, I think that generally the specs and stuff were, were pretty good for the price tag. Yeah, they were uh, decent. It was like a mid-range uh, MediaTek processor, but like four gigs of RAM, yeah. all metal body, a nice display, 16 um, megapixel camera. And I, I think you, your response, like you p- using it, Rose, you're pretty positive about it, right? I know there's some issues. It, it was, um, you know, the... the they said that it was not final software, so I can really judge it on many aspects yeah. of it. But you know, the, the camera, the it looked nice. The the the, the design in it was snappy <clears throat> and generally, you know, worked pretty well. So I think maybe they got a little bit over their head with how they were initially showing it off and presenting it. Um, but I was kind of surprised by the like, I, I wouldn't call it insane, but the I guess very negative reaction from a, a lot intense. of other websites. It, it intense, yeah, that, that would be the word that yeah. I would describe it. Like sort of it was almost uh, like some of the posts that I read and, and the stories and features and stuff. It was almost like um, the authors felt like they were taking down this big company and, and uncovering this like um, conspiracy about this little Kickstarter project. Yeah. What would you like attribute to that? Like that kind I, of response? I think some of it might've been like one person had a really negative perception of it. And then um, sometimes as we know, cause we rewrite content often it becomes like a game of broken telephone. Like one totally. person, mm. um, that was their opinion of it. Sure, one person decided that it was a it was horrible and is a disaster, and they're misleading customers. And then everyone sort of jumped on that band bandwagon because that was the sort of consensus and the opinion that they were seeing online. Um, so I, I'm assuming that's how it happened. Uh, I just thought it was a little unnecessary to sort of have this. It almost felt like a, a takedown sort of hit on these yep. these kids that were doing this. These Canadian kids that were doing this interesting project that maybe they were a little bit um, over their heads about. And no one, I felt that. N- 
no one really went that extra mile to try to understand what they were trying to do other than us. I, I thought we did a very good job. Covering you know, it. there was some like the verge followed up afterward, the verge, yeah. they did after a good job the too. Android police and they, they wanted to talk to them and see really what was going on. Yeah. And I think it's important to have done that because yes. I, I'm not trying to call people out, but like, you know, the, well, I mean, the Android police article didn't initially feature any quote from no. them or it, any response. To me, it was them. almost like they saw this phone and that was their gut reaction um to it and and then they wrote a story about it i thought like at the very least in a situation like this reach out to them and, and see what they have to say and i and i don't think that that happened for a lot of websites yeah i think with android police you know they have this history of you know they obviously do work great work uh and they're actually Absolutely. really good at sussing out whether something is quote-unquote bs right there's that phone i can't yeah. remember totally all the time there's like this one phone that i can't remember the name for the life of it but it was it's been like promised that it's been at every CES for the past four years and it hasn't <laughs> delivered. And I, I've seen like David, uh, David Ruddick, the EIC of Android Police, like tweet about it all the time. And you can tell he's, he's, had a, he's a skeptical person, right? So I think that's where that comes from is that they've kind of, mm -hmm. you know, maybe they've kind of fallen for one of these before. And yeah, now, I can see that. You yeah. know, like, and then they have no patience for it, right? Um, so when something like the optics of it look exactly like that situation you've been in before but then you know it comes out it's just two kids <laughs> doing and it or, and i think that's right. something that we we all fall into right we're all really busy we all have a lot of content to write yeah and, and sometimes maybe we should have taken that extra extra step and, and we didn't i'm sure i've written stories like that before too where maybe i was really hard on a specific product because i didn't take that extra step to learn more about it yeah and i think it kind of just speaks to you know where we are in 2017 where it's like i think your gut reaction as a human being should be like give people the benefit of the doubt and where someone does something wrong or quote-unquote malicious attribute ignorance to that decision as opposed to malice oh, right I completely agree. whereas now we're like Oh no! This person's just trying to, you know, yeah. take advantage of me. And and with some people's negative reactions, one cannot help but wonder whether the sort of quote unquote, you know, the Middle Eastern names that these guys right, had yeah. had sort of conjured a different conception of them in their mind that was very different from you know, like the reality of like these two Canadian entrepreneurs and. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not speaking for everybody, but for some people that may have played a part as well. Right. Samir, you've been s sitting quietly. Well, so I mean, I, I, again, I, I feel like um, I feel like a lot of what I'm going to say is, is things that's or been reiterated or, or stated by, by the three of you. But I, I think this face value thing. So there, there's two things I really want to bring up. So the first thing is the face value thing of learning about the Frank phone, learning about these two Canadian entrepreneurs, the students, you know, young people putting together this device so when when rose first told me about the story when uh, weeks ago when she told me she was going to start working on the story and that you know there's there's these there's this thing called the frank phone um it's got this you know clever name whatever it's, it's built by these two canadian kids i thought it was going to be some sort of like plastic gimmicky thing like i i uh, hearing hearing rose's one sentence you know quote-unquote pitch i thought it was going to be like this you know stripped down android thing a garbage camera it wasn't going to be all metal like it turned out to be i thought it was going to be like a micro usb yeah it's going to have a headphone jack all that stuff um and then she brought the she brought the phone into the office or she got the phone and i, I saw it in the office and i thought wow this is really really impressive and my gut instinct was to say hold on hold on rose sorry did you say that this phone was designed by like uh, i remember you saying something about them making it they made this phone and rose went no no, no they didn't they didn't make the phone they're working 
you know, they're working with a manufacturer to pretty much just like bring over this pre-existing phone. To, it's sort of like a crowdfunding this this Alibaba project, right? Because like to buy the phone from Alibaba, you have to get first of all, it's 150 US for like one one device, but you have to buy the device in a set of three thousand. So like realistically, what they were doing was exactly that. They 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 had this thing. They you know, they, they, they worked with the manufacturer and really all they were saying was, hey, instead of having, you know, one of the telecoms or instead of having a larger corporation selling. So that that's one side of things. So when I learned more about it, my expectations for the Frank phone were were tempered. Um, so I, I feel like there's a lot of that. So Igor, what you said about face value and, and about the natural skepticism in 2017 to just like attack someone mm-hmm. instead of really reaching out to them. Um. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss um, like rose did and like the verge did and like a few other publications did as well to give to give credit to the tech industry um but i think the other issue and it's not one that we, either, uh, any of you guys have brought up so far it's that it's the nature of crowdfunding in 2017 is so divisive it, no pun intended but the nature of crowdfunding you know you've got kickstarter you've got indiegogo and those are the only two that i can think of off the top of my head and there's like a bunch of other sources that are whatever right so when 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 we hear about kickstarter projects obviously all of us in this room uh, people listening and people who've read these stories we think oh yeah this is just one of those many many projects that promises to revolutionize the industry but really it's nothing it's he's gonna fail is what it is and then you have the added bonus of of there being different levels of um, um, like sort of integrity. You know, integrity. That's integrity. the one. Yeah. Integrity, integrity, but like trust. So like you know, we trust Kickstarter more than we. Thank you, Rose. We trust yeah. Kickstarter more than we trust Indiegogo. We trust Indiegogo more than we trust like some other one that I can't even think of. So like if this was on Kickstarter and Kickstarter has more stringent rules for how you can start a campaign, you know, maybe we would have been a little bit less critical. Uh, it was on Indiegogo. We didn't really know very much about these people. Obviously, uh, the device itself seemed a little fishy. So, yeah, I, I mean, I completely understand why those those quote unquote takedown articles came to be. But the level of vigor with which, you know, yeah. those those few articles that were especially critical uh, expressed that 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 skepticism was surprising. Like, yeah, sure. These kids are clearly not media trained. They're clearly not people who um, who understand marketing properly, because even if you go to their website, a lot of the marketing that you see on it, it it seems to suggest that they designed it. And the thing is, yes. yeah, they've got those images of the of, of the drawings that, yep. that, that, as you mentioned, they've Rose, changed that now, and they have apologized for it. But they did have those, absolutely. And so that, that's the thing. So, and I'm I'm glad I'm glad that they apologized. I'm glad that they didn't go on the offensive because in a lot of cases with these these uh, crowdfunding campaigns, when when things start going wrong, you notice that they get on the defensive. But in this case, you know, both of them. Uh, they were just like, oh yeah, no, I'm sorry. We we made a mistake. This was our bad. We definitely should have been clearer. Um, you know, we thought we thought we were being clear. We thought that when we were speaking with journalists that we were being clear, but no, clearly we weren't clear enough. So we're sorry. Um, I, really, I think if anything, and I'm gonna, I'm almost done. I promise. If there's anything to be learned from this whole Frank Phone um, saga, it's that if you're going to crowdfund a device, you have to be 100% upfront about who built it 
how it's being built, whether or not you designed it, the, the entire the entire process. Because mm-hmm. if you're not if you're not crystal clear, and if it's not immediately understandable just by going to your website, if if I have to go, if I as a consumer have to go the extra mile and go to Mobile Syrup and go to you know uh, Android Police, and I have to go to the Verge, I can't just get that information from your Indiegogo campaign. Then I'm going to express that skepticism in, in in any way that I see fit. You know, it actually, all of this reminds me of something that we had happen last year. Chill Telecom. Who remembers yeah. that? Um, Chill Telecom was not crowdfunding, but it was sort of similar where that this this person put up a website uh, promising really, really low plans mm-hmm. and in Canada and just had people pre-order them and made um, made quite a chunk ton of, of money. Change. It was like yeah. a little under $500,000 or something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what I was going to just mention is like, so this is something that shows up on crowdfunding platforms all the time. I think some of them may have specific rules about it, but it's like, uh, so they're crowdfunding a product, but that product already exists. They're just kind of rebranding it. There's, um, bringing it back to the Nintendo Switch, of course. There's this adapter called the S-Fans uh, that was a portable Nintendo Switch uh, adapter that let you hook the, the console up to the TV. And that was just like, they bought a bunch of them off, um, it might have even been Alibaba, um, and and rebranded it with like a Nintendo Switch logo on it. And this adapter already existed because it was used for uh, the Galaxy S8's DeX adapter. Mm-hmm. Um, so this isn't something new. Like this has been happening for a long time. Um, yeah, uh, I just wanted to mention that. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, the, like just look at um, I think it's the BlackBerry DTEC50 and the Alcatel Idol Four. Yeah, is it? They're basically the same phone. Well, yeah, yeah. You, you can make or that TCL. argument about like all the black, the TCL BlackBerry phones, right? Yeah. Like they're all these, they're not reference designs, but a BlackBerry phone doesn't mean what it used to, right? It's not yeah, this yeah, like yeah. self-made device. It's made by TCL. Well, I think that just kind of speaks to more generally just the commoditization of smartphones. That's where true it's, too, yeah. it's all the same components are going into yeah. all these different phones, right? Whether... You know, I imagine this is probably like it's a Super AMOLED display, right? Which is the same display that is in a OnePlus 5. Like the the or, iPhone 10, the display is made by Samsung. Yeah, right? so, so um, we've just come to this point where, so whether surprisingly or not, it doesn't take a lot to actually make a phone. You can be a 19-year-old in Ottawa and you can, you know, through the magic of the internet, uh, global production, you can get a phone that is more or less you know a mid-range android phone for not a lot of money so um the only before moving on the only thing i'll just say is you know it's i think it's great like they're 19 and 23 as you said rose they're 17 17 sorry 17 and 23 um they're taking a chance the best way to and i know it's such a cliche but the best way to learn is by making mistakes um i gotta imagine like maybe you know maybe this kind of keeps them away from like mobile or just entrepreneurship in general but if they kind of learn from this they'll come back with like something that is more forward that is more straightforward um i think it's going to be back i think they're going to come back on a different crowdfunding platform and present it in a different way yeah i guess so rose how are they how are they selling the phone now because the frank phone saga isn't over they're still trying to sell it they're still trying to they have yet to decide exactly what platform they're going to use but they do have a great new marketing ploy now which is the frankenstein like oh they're you know risen from the dead i know frankenstein doesn't rise from the dead but it's kind of is that what they're actually doing yeah yeah Uh, that's awesome yeah it is pretty good they're clever kids they're They're clearly clever clever. yeah clever 
So hopefully they do learn. And, you know, I hope I encourage them to continue. The ads mm-hmm. like killed me. They're so funny. <laughs> so funny. Um, to move to another set of phones, uh, uh, the Pixels, the uh, Google's new, the Pixel 2 and Pixel 2 XL um, were leaked by Droid Life earlier this week. They uh, We also saw the Google Home Mini and I f- can t- always forget what the... The Daydream VR? Not the Daydream VR, but the, the Pixel Book. The HTC um, Vive daydream i thing. was writing about apple things i know nothing about okay. any of well, there was um there was like a pixel sense or something anyway we're not going to talk about a new chromebook that costs a thousand dollars it was a really expensive uh pixel book is that what it is it's just a chromebook with a stylus they had one before that though right the yeah chromebook the, pixel the, the pixel C? no the the pixel c the tablet yeah. yeah no there's one before that too that was yeah. very expensive there, right. so there's the chromebook pixel one there's a chromebook pixel two there's a the pixel c which is of. yeah okay i have a pixel c at home and it's covered yeah. in dust yeah thousand dollar chromebook um i'm gonna ask the burning question what does everyone think of the panda cutout I'm really not a big fan of this design. I know other people are, which confuses me, but hoisting, it just feels like an old man hoisting his pants up, like above the, that's to me what I get the idea of when I see the Pixel, the second generation Pixel XL, because uh, it's now above the the uh, rear fingerprint sensor. Uh, I will have to see what it looks like in real life. I mean, I think it's going to be an amazing phone otherwise, but I'm not so sure about the design as you said the panda cutout is is white and black so it's kind of gonna yeah interesting and then look. orange accent randomly yep. pat is the panda I'm, cutout the future of phones i'm looking at the photos right now um i kind of like it okay okay it, it's kind of different it, it's something that we haven't really seen that much before yeah it makes the phone stand out i like it i like the old man pulling his pants up that's a great <laughs> analogy samir I, I think I say I, I said this about the uh, the pixel um, the pixel oh. one and it's that it all depends on the material and I know this is going to be a premium device and I know it's probably going to be glass and metal but listen if that if that cutout is plastic then this is that that will change my uh, entire opinion on it if it's if it's like a matte white because again the, the leaks are the leaks are fine but like we can't we, they're not very detailed they're not really super high resolution images so I say I like it I like the orange um, I'm probably going to get the pixel two XL honestly. Um, I'm in dire need of, a, of an upgrade, but again, if if the device has any plastic on it other than the uh, the, the power button and the volume rocker, then oh, I am I'm not a fan of that panda. I will say that I like the the black one more than the panda one. Mm, yeah, I unacceptable, think that. Pat. You're gonna have to <laughs> learn to love the panda. It, it's okay. I I do appreciate that it's different. It's it's a brave move. By Google. <laughs> yes, brave it move takes indeed. Courage. It, it takes, takes courage for them to do that. Well, they also got rid of the headphone jack, so you know. It <sighs> takes courage, man. Um, what After about making the, fun of it. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Yeah. Did, uh, did Google really make fun of it, though? That's a Samsung thing. No, no, they no. They we were the there. Video. They, they made fun of it. Like yeah. in that video, they even had was the thing. Was it at the launch? Yeah, we were there and we laughed. <laughs> I remember oh, yeah. sitting I, next to you. I wrote a post about it. Yeah. Like as we were there. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah, it happened. What about the the regular Pixel? comes in this kind of cute powder blue yeah i mean it looks adorable that's the one that i'm really excited for um mm-hmm. yeah design wise i'm i'm not so sure that they've gone the right direction um was kind of hoping for something more minimalist and maybe a little less stylized but we'll get what we get i guess i'm more interested in what the the screen looks like like if the bezels yep. are huge this phone's gonna look like it's three years old 
more even i'd say right because like the yeah. pixel looked old yeah like that that yeah. was one of my complaints about the the iphone 8 it looks old now yeah. like you put it beside the galaxy s8 s8 plus or the note 8 it looks like an old phone yeah i mean it is an old phone it's the same design they had since the iphone 6 um, i'm sorry yeah. we're getting on apple now but yeah like the iphone 8 yeah. is the same it's a three-year-old three four four, year, four, four year old four is years old, old yeah four years that's old, surfboard it's old it's a testament to how good the original pixel was though that i can pick up my pixel and be like gosh this is ugly but i love it so much <laughs> like i really have these only loving like feelings yeah like I, i'm the only person on earth that liked the design of the original pixel yeah i thought you're it was the a, only one i thought it was a cool looking phone um and i found it refreshing that it was like a little bit it was a little bit chunky like it was <laughs> so a bigger phone i think uh but to kind of move forward from the design i think the kind of important and the main sticking point here is the p- proposed price of the uh pixel 2 xl and i think uh, in that post I wrote, it's going to be $1,000 plus in Canada. Right. Um, <laughs> does this phone find any success with that price tag? I mean, it's kind of, uh, everybody's sort of at a, a level playing field, it appears. Uh, at least there's that, you know, with the most high-end iPhone being priced at what it is. Uh, the Note 8 and the LG V30 is also likely going to be very expensive. It, it's it's a, not out of the ordinary at the mm-hmm. very least. So I think it won't deter the enthusiasts. Um, but I so say. the question I would ask you, um, let's pretend, Rose, mm. travel back in time. Yes. You're at a Rogers kiosk <gasps> and a person's like, oh, look at all these $1,000 phones. That's how much I have to spend. And they have the S8 next to the V30, next to the iPhone 10, next to the Pixel 2 XL. And the Pixel 2 XL looks markedly worse than all the other, those other phones, right? Like it doesn't look like the other ones and like design and like, ooh, like these kind of like wow features like a mm. uh, bezel of screen is something that like it sells phones, oh, right? Design sells phones, but I think from my experience, what sells mm-hmm. more phones is a promise that it will be easy to use mm-hmm. for the, for the general population. That is the, that is what the iPhone is to them. Something mm-hmm. that is not complicated. Mm-hmm. And that's always what I've been able to say about the Google pixel is, Hey, it, this Android phone is actually not going to be that distressing to move to from the iPhone. Mm -hmm. Uh, so if you want to try a a premium android this is the one to do i think price is a big thing too like my my brother just lost his phone Mm -hmm. uh when he was traveling got like either stolen from him or disappeared at the airport um Mm -hmm. so when he landed he had to get a new phone so he went to his carriers uh like the nearest kudo booth Mm -hmm. um and the cheapest phone that they had available that was like still decent and he could get his work done on it uh, was the samsung galaxy a5 Mm. um that's so a I good mean, phone yeah a decent like mid-range yeah. phone right so i think to some extent it comes it still comes down to price but it depends on the type of user right like he's not the type of person who wants the latest greatest thing it yeah. doesn't matter to him he just wants a phone that is good enough yeah. yeah yeah for latest greatest you know you're always competing between samsung and apple um but i think a lot of people that i knew did take a chance on the pixel last year and hopefully I'll take another chance this year because I know Google wants to get into the market where it's not just enthusiasts. It's it's the mainstream. It's is it, is it going to be IP68 uh, or 67? The, I'm, I'm not sure. Do you remember any leaks I, about I think that? that? I think that is the one feature they added was 6.7. Uh, that, that's, yeah. that's a big deal. That and uh, the optical image stabilization in the rear-facing camera yeah, would be my two, those my are two, two things two that I would like. Those are two huge issues, for sure. I, I really like the Pixel, too. I, I said it before, but I'm one of the few people that like the design. 
Um, and it was a great phone. I, I really liked it. I mean, the lack of a dual camera from the leaks could be an issue for some. It just seems like everybody's going towards the dual camera setup. Depends on like what you want to do with it, right? Some people don't care about the the portrait mode in the iPhone. I mean, it's it's cool, but like, if I was going out to buy an iPhone uh, eight today, I don't even know if I would get the bigger one for that. Like, it, it's interesting, and it's a fun feature to use, and it worked really great, way better than it did with the seven. Um, but depending on how into photography you are, it's probably not worth it. Right. And, and I guess not for everybody, it's not so important to have the dual camera no, setup. Maybe that is, person, that's right? sort of yeah. a niche photography, uh, you know, demographic. Like if you already have a dope DSLR, do you really need a dual camera, yeah. uh, phone that essentially mimics what that DSLR is uh, capable of? Well, yeah. I don't know. I mean, nonetheless, mm-hmm. it is a selling point though. So it's a, it's mm-hmm. a bit of a handicap, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so we'll probably have a lot more to say about that once on October 4th. Samir's laughing because he probably had something to say. Uh, but Robin's telling me to finish. Or she's <laughs> not, but who knows? We'll um, never know. Robin but is you not. can start us off with shout outs, Samir. Uh, okay, gladly. So my shout out, um, and I, I had this planned out. My shout out goes to Daniel Terrien, who is the commissioner of the Office of the Privacy Commissioner of Canada. Uh, earlier this week on Monday, I believe, he sat in front of a House of Commons uh, Public Safety Committee and told us that we need to be worried about um, privacy invasions while crossing into the U.S. He said that uh, Canadians should be prepared to have their devices searched if they're uh, going across the U.S. And when asked if this means that, you know, Canadians shouldn't bring their phones or I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing and I'm messing it up. But either way, um, uh, when asked if Canadians, you know, should uh, again, should be prepared to have their devices searched when they cross into the U.S., he said yes. So, uh, Daniel Terrien, thank you for uh, pointing out that our privacy laws are a little, uh, little outdated. Mm. Rose? Okay, well, I'm very excited for the LG V30 to finally come to me and to Canadians. And LG has said that um, it's going to begin shipping to North America within weeks. So, guys, get ready because we'll see the pricing. We'll see how it plays out against the other uh, high-end phones but it has got so many of the high-end features that the other devices, uh, you know, most other devices only have one or two. This one has everything jammed into one phone. So as long as it doesn't explode, I am crossing my fingers. It's going to be an amazing device. Does it have the 835? It does have the 835 and it has facial recognition and it has um, wireless charging and it is uh, water resistant like it's got it's got all these great features so i'm very excited about it plus a dual camera setup so my switch minute for this week since i haven't paid attention to any news i I saw a tweet about it yesterday and then i I was glad that brad wrote it up for us um so it's a hidden version of golf uh that's sort of uh hidden inside the nintendo switch as a tribute to the company's late president satiru iwata um and an enterprising group of hackers sort of uncovered it uh, and it's very, I won't go into it. It's very complicated the, the way you access it. Like you're not supposed to connect the switch to the internet um, because it's only available on one specific day. And even then, like, I think you may have to do some crazy like flashing to access it. Uh, but regardless, I thought it was a cool tribute and kind of like a, a nice little Easter egg that they, they added to the system. Um, and I'm surprised that it took people this long to uncover it. Um, my shadow goes to um, Wes Anderson. He just dropped the trailer for Isle of Dog. I love Wes Anderson. I love dogs. I love Japan. 
This is all my favorite things combined into one thing. It looks fantastic. If you've ever seen Fantastic Mr. Fox, if you haven't, you've been, I don't know what you're doing <laughs> with your life because you're clearly wasting it. Uh, it's so charming. So charming. This looks incredibly charming as well. So I can't wait for this movie. I loved Grand Budapest Hotel uh, and I've been just really excited. Great movie. Great movie. See it on Netflix if you haven't already. Uh, on that note, if you have any questions for Mobile Syrup or any comments that you would like read on the uh, podcast, you can do so by emailing us at podcast at mobilesyrup.com. Um, where can everyone find you guys? Oh, they can find me at Rose Bahar. Um, and they can find Mobile Syrup generally at Mobile Syrup on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter and other social media platforms as well. You can find me at, at Patrick underscore O'Rourke. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Samir Chabra94. On that note, remember to be frank in your life, and we'll see you guys <laughs> next week. Take care. Bye. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 